the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Thank you very much for joining us. This is episode 277 of the Boys of Tech, which also is New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. My name is Edwin Herman. I am joined over Skype by my co-host, Brett King. Welcome to the show, Brett. Hey. 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 Well, it's, uh, it's episode 277 for Tuesday, the 20th of May, Tuesday, because, well, you see, yesterday... We were carrying out some upgrades on my main studio machine. I can proudly say my iMac now has a fusion drive. I've added a a Samsung SSD and combined that with the spinning disk into a fusion drive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm very, very happy with it. Does it power itself? Is it self-sustaining? Is it cold? How do you mean? Come on, Ed. They're 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 physics jokes. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yes, fusion. Yeah, physics. I I get it. Fusion. I I I wasn't concentrating. Look, I'm really happy with it. Uh, most of the time, you get SSD speed because, well, the OS for a start stays on the SSD, and as do uh, as do any files that you access frequently. Obviously, there will be some stuff that's on the spinning disk, and yeah, you'll hit that stuff from time to time. But you know, the way the OS controls what goes on each is is sort of done for you based on use and and things like that. So I'm I'm really really happy. It's honestly it's night and day. It's it's like night and day. Mm. The boot time is like I don't know maybe a fifth of what it was. Well, that's what you'd expect from an SSD. Yeah, and also I think, but I don't. Well, actually, no, I do know because I had a look. The spinning disk drive was pretty badly fragmented, which didn't help. <laughs> yeah, no, look, it's it's really good. The upgrade, oh, it's an iMac. If you've ever, don't, I, I would never do this again. Oh my goodness. I followed the instructions on ifixit.com. I printed off the PDF manual. I watched the video about, I don't know, 10 times. I got all my tools ready and everything and uh, all the bits and pieces I needed to install it. And I replayed the video as I was doing it, bit by bit. And it was still a huge job. I started, I think, at nine o'clock at night. And by the time I put the tools away, it was three in the morning. <laughs> yeah I mean you know the, the guts of it was really probably a couple of hours but the rest was all the pause. what are you doing that on a work night for yeah Jeez. yeah I know uh, well actually no oh that wasn't yesterday I did I, st- I think I started on might have been Thursday and uh, it, by the time I um, you know restored from backup as well and I did family things on the weekend so you know there was only a little bit of time there so by the time I you know you add all this extra stuff and and whatnot, then uh, it sort of went over <laughs> several evenings. It did say on the iFixit site that it, it was categorized as hard, as difficult. Um, it's not an easy upgrade to do. And you have to basically, you remove the, the screen glass, then you remove the screen, uh, then you remove the, what is it? You remove uh, a whole bunch of cables. 
Oh, that's right. You, yeah, because it, it's a it's, it's an it's, it's an technology. Apple product. They don't like you opening them up. Well, it's laptop tech. No, well, you can get in there, all right. You don't have to break <laughs> anything or anything like that. But it's just it's laptop <laughs> technology. Having to remove the, the the screen and the glass and all of that stuff, which yep. is so and then easy and then to. the op- the optical drive. You have to remove that. Then you remove the power supply unit, and then you remove. Then you have to. Uh, I will. I will take the the metal box that is my Windows PC that has an easy clip-off side and then I can get access to everything. Yeah. Over your nicely machines. Oh, yeah, but look, you know, I, I love the small footprint. I really do. I like the small footprint. And look, to be, to be fair, Brad... It's got a perfectly small footprint too. It, it sits under my desk. Yeah. Look, to be fair, most people... Look, the only reason I did this is because normally I, I we buy a new Mac every every four years. But this time round, I thought, well, you know what? I actually kind of like the optical drive. And I know new media doesn't come on optical discs so much anymore. But I have existing optical discs. And, and I want to retain that functionality. So I didn't want to buy the new Macs. I wanted to give this one a new lease on life. So wait, so I, you're I, telling I would, me the new iMacs don't come with an optical drive? No. That's it. I go on dead. It's, uh, la- it's last decade's technology. No, it's not. So many things still come on optical disc. Like what? I mean, you, you, I assume you, we've got a, a home entertainment system for most people. So if you've got a Blu-ray disc or a, a DVD or a music CD, you'd probably play it on that. Yeah, and if you're sometimes about you might me, want to play that on a, media, uh, on a smaller screen elsewhere so that you're not tying up the main screen that you're yeah, actually okay. wanting yeah, to use. I, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Or you've got old media that you've got yeah, files well, yeah, and documents well, is, and other stuff on that you don't want to have to waste hard drive space putting on. Well, that's, that's where I'm at, really. It's it's for the old for existing media. and Or install media for, for stuff. Yeah, but that doesn't – yeah, for existing stuff. But new stuff doesn't come on CD. It's all download. And it's been that way for years, really. When have, uh-huh. you, when have you bought something with a CD for uh, software? Come on, it's been a while. A right? couple months ago when well, I what's last the- bought a new game, I get a collector's edition. And collector's edition comes with physical stuff. But okay, you have to you have to acknowledge that most people don't get collector's editions. This is this is a niche, that, and for you, for you, absolutely, I'm I'm not arguing with that. But for the mass people out there, you know, you want an app, it's download, Photoshop, download, and then pay your cloud subscription. That's how how it is now? I I appreciate for existing media, and this is I've just said that that's the very reason that I've kept this. I could have bought a new Mac and an external DVD. Um, they're very thin. They're about hardly bigger than the size of a uh, of a DVD itself. But I didn't want that. I kind of wanted it built in. And so I opened up the Mac. I put in the SSD, and I now have a Fusion drive with a bit more storage too, because it's a two fifty gig drive plus a five hundred gig spinning disk. So I've got seven fifty gig, uh, a Fusion uh, speed, if you like. Yeah. So anyway, it was a big big thing. But Brett, let's. So talk- what's this whole Fusion thing? Is it some variant of RAID? No, no, it's not RAID. No, no, it's uh, it's basically presented as oh. one volume to the computer. Yeah, but that's there is that's a variant of RAID. There is RAID, which is one big disc. Well, I, what, uh, yeah, okay, I see, I see what you're it's saying. Got an acronym, yeah, 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 okay. God, it's been such a long time since like, I looked at it. Uh, like striped, for example. Yeah, okay, I, I take no, point. not no, not striped. It is just you can have a bunch of discs all independent except 
they count as one volume. Yeah, but that's what striping does. Raid one, I think, isn't it? Yeah, no, but that stripes a different bit of each one across all of the discs. I'm talking about each disc is a single independent disc all by itself. It has no data from any of the other discs. It is its own disc. But your operating system sees it as instead of, you know, C, D, E, F, G, mm, mm. you've just got C. Okay. I, I don't know. And by the way, I meant RAID 0, not RAID 1. Uh, look, I, I don't know. Uh, all I know, I don't know what it does un, un, it's raid underneath. One uh, yeah, uh, raid raid one is mirroring, correct? Yeah, raid zero is striping, which is what I was thinking of. Uh, look, I uh, Brett, I don't know. It, it, it could be, or uh, I'm not sure. So I, I know Max do raid as well, uh, and this is not raid. It's something else. I think it is. It's the big disc raid. The what? Oh, damn, it's got an acronym, but it's on the tip of my tongue, but it won't come out. So I'm googling it. <laughs> Well, it's not RAID 5 and RAID 1 and RAID 0. I know that much because I know what those are. So I'm, I'm not sure what, what you're referring to. And it's not RAID 1 plus 0 or RAID 0 plus 1 because I know those are, you know, striped and mirrored or mirrored and striped. No. no. So it's not none of those. So I'm not sure. Which RAID are you talking? Are you sure you're talking RAID? Well, it's an option that is common to a lot of RAID controllers. Try to find it now. It's got an acronym even. Because this here has no parity. Yeah, this, yeah. This it's a it's it's a non-RAID drive architecture, but it's quite standard to RAID controllers. It's called JBot, just a bunch of disks. Oh, okay. Look, it's I, an archive I, involving I, multiple hard drives while making them accessible either as independent hard drives or as just a combined single volume. All right. I, look, I'll be with honest no with you. I have, functionality. I have not heard of that. JBot. I see it all the time because... Pretty much every computer I've had for several years has had RAID controllers in it. And it's, you know, your generic RAID controllers on your motherboard come with 0, 1, 0 plus 1. Some of them come with 5. And JBot. Okay, right. So I don't know if, if JBot is a standard or a, a collective term for any type of technology that mashes a bunch of disks into, into one. I, I don't know. But what I do know... And what I like is that it uh, intelligently selects what files go on each and, and in the background moves things, uh, you know, based on some heuristics. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just really loving it right now. Now, I, I could have taken out the, the spinning disk and, yeah, I would have got, you know, 100% of the time SSD performance, but I'm happy with, with that 90% of the time and a lot more storage. So it's kind of a... A middle ground. So I'm, I'm quite happy with that. It was a huge, huge, huge upgrade to do yourself. <laughs> but we did, well, I did it and we're there. And so... <laughs> mostly yeah. because of the intricate pulling things apart that you had today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's... Uh, look, if, I, if I'd planned to be doing this, I probably would have got a, uh, a Mac Pro or something, but... Uh, mm, something with a big case. That's right. Not with everything slipped behind the monitor. Mm. Anyway, let's uh, talk about the tech stories in the week just been. There hasn't been really a lot of interesting stuff, but I have picked out one main story to kick off with, and that is that Apple is apparently being sued over an iMessage bug. Let me tell you about the bug. The bug is that if a user was on iOS and then with the same phone number, the same mobile number, moves to Android, people 
on iOS trying to message that person through iMessage won't know that their messages are not getting through. And the, the messages don't go through and, and neither party is aware of this. Ooh, that is a pretty serious bug. Yeah. That is a major flaw in their iMessage architecture. That is a, a really serious bug. Text messaging is an integral part. Having a device which act you no know, by a fault of its own prevents that common communication interaction that people buy these devices for is that is a serious flaw. How come they you haven't see, fixed the, it? Well, How have they not fixed that the, bug? They can't really find a, a fix for it. it, it see what, what happens? do you mean they can't find a fix for it? Well, you see, what happens... Why, why does this iMessage thing not go, oh, you know what, I can't... For some reason, this message does not appear to be going through over, over the internet. I might... Uh, I should fall back on actually sending it over the, S- S- the SMS. SMS network. Yeah, How see, about I, that? I, I don't know. Why doesn't that happen? How know. is that a hard <laughs> fit? I don't know. See, the thing is, iMessage doesn't know that this person, the, the the target person, has moved to Android. It doesn't know, and it assumes... But, but it doesn't need to. Well, no, it does, because anything, unless you're on an iPhone, you can't use the, the internet, if you like, delivery of iMessage. It has to be SMS. There must be something that makes your phone realise that it is talking to an iPhone to establish an iMessage communication in the first place. Well, when you if log I've, in... If I've the, got an iPhone and you've got an iPhone, yep. but I've never texted you before, yep. and then I text you, yep. somehow... It must negotiate and go, oh, wait, you're texting an iPhone. I can use iMessage. And then it will do iMessages from then on. How can it then not counter that in going, oh, you're not on iMessage. This iMessage isn't getting through. I should switch back to SMS. Because your your phone announces itself on the network, you know, to Apple's cloud services saying, hey, I've got this phone number and I'm available. And so my phone also does the same and then and then we can talk. Now, the, you've raised a good point though, Brett. Why doesn't it, when you say you move to Android, why doesn't my phone go, hang on, the, the website has indicated that Brett hasn't signed in, you know, to, to the Apple's cloud services for a while. Perhaps, you know, unless he does so soon, let's assume the phone is no longer you know, running iOS or, or no longer, or, you know, using Apple services. Mm-hmm. So, why, yeah, why, I, I don't know. They It should always have a fallback because the whole point of that is that it, iMessage is supposed to be an enhancement of the standard SMS to use your use your the, your internet connection via your phone. So why the hell can it not fall back to what it is supposed to be an enhancement of, which is original mm-hmm. SMS? Because at the using moment... The, be, using the carrier. It's stupid. At the moment, oh God, it's so stupid. At the How moment, can they the not only this? Solution- that is a serious flaw. That is not only affecting people who switch to a competitor's product, but also people who are still with iPhones who happen to have friends who have converted to Android. Uh, the only solution at the moment that Apple can offer is when you leave the iOS ecosystem is to deactivate the number on iMessage before switching to Android, and how do you do that? Oh, look, I, I don't know. I don't. I haven't used iOS for a while. And who would think to do that? Yeah, I know. It's it's kind of. I mean, I'm waiting for the conspiracy theorists to say it was a deliberate thing. I don't <laughs> think it. Well, I think it might be a deliberate laziness in fixing the issue. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 
Yeah. But I don't think it was a deliberate thing. I think it was just a badly thought out protocol mm. because it also assumes that two people with iPhones want to use iMessage as their communication medium and not through the cellular network. Mm. It doesn't give you an option to say, you know yeah. what, I don't want you to be iMessage. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so at the moment Apple's not really, but Apple's being sued over it. And I hope it, this um, lawsuit forces Apple to actually well, do something about it because it is a flaw in their device that is affecting a significant number of people and they're not doing a damn thing about it. What the hell? <laughs> and it's only this news article that has come up about them being sued that has even brought this to my attention. And I look at tech articles. I Look, I agree that Apple, it's in their interest to fix this. At the same time, I kind of think that suing them, to me, is, is doesn't make sense, you know. Well, um, if they have dragged their feet over this issue, which has existed for a significant amount of time, going, oh, sorry, we can't fix it. Oh, we don't know how to fix it. We don't know how to fix it. it this will, it, you know, in the way that America does things, kind of kick them in the butt and say, you know what? You're providing us with a service that we pay money for and you're not providing that service. In fact, you aren't even telling us that you're not providing the service because it appears that you're providing a service, but then you're not, which is fraud. Yeah, but for and a start, Brett, they're not paying. This is the thing. All this is free. You're not paying. That's that's kind of... I'm not, I'm not saying that no, excuses them from... It's a from, feature of their thing. Their feature overrides a long-standing text-based SMS system. Their feature overrides that. Their feature sits, goes, you know what? I'm better than the what you're trying to do, so I'm going to use my system. And then their system fails. That is what we've got here. They have usurped a long-existing standard communication method between cellular devices. Their system usurps it and says that my ability is better than the bulk standard one. And then when it fails... Apple doesn't fix it. And you're telling me that that isn't something that they have provided for free. No, it is something that they have forced upon you over something which has existed in cellular phones long before Apple had the idea of an iPhone. So they have caused a problem that they have to fix. It's not a if and or but, oh, it's a free extra part of having an iPhone. No, it is Apple making you use their system because they reckon it's better than the SMS system, which is what you were attempting to use in the first place. But they, their device reckons theirs is better. But then it fails and they don't do a damn thing about it. They need to fix it. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> they need to fix it. All right. All right. Well, that's, that's very, very clear. Whatever it is, even if they have to rewrite their entire iMessage system, for the new iOS and put out a patch for the current iOS doesn't matter. They need to fix it because mm. they now, forced now, on you. Now, users, of course, can in iOS force any message they want to go through SMS. There are there are ways to do that. There are. There are. are easy ways. Is it a single button that you can see easily that any regular user of an iPhone would pick up? Or is it something that you have to deep dig deep into one of its settings menus to activate no no i think you you have to you have to find a message that you've sent or once you've attempted to send it 
press and hold on the blue message and uh, wait for the option to come up that says send as text message. Yeah. But I'm not saying that, that that means, oh, Apple's excused. I agree with you. Apple should fix it. Indeed. I'm, I'm they just... should. End of story. They fix it. <laughs> fix it. They broke it. You fix it. Oh, you, don't, yeah. you don't have some workaround that is obscure that nobody knows about unless they've gone and read the manual. Or, or I don't even recall that being on the standard manual. I don't think manuals exist. Of course. It did not exist in the standard manual when I got mine because iMessage was not a feature when I bought my phone. No, I mean, I don't think manuals exist. Well, yeah, most manuals are basically a whole heap of text and then a TLDR, the end. A a TLDR? (laughs) Too long, didn't read. Oh uh, yes. Okay. Right, Brett. Look, let's let's uh, leave the story there. Uh, see, let's, let's see. Maybe Indeed. Apple let's come hope out with that a fix. fix it. Well, you know, we'll see. <laughs> I did want to just round out, uh, round off the end of the show by having a, a brief discussion about net neutrality. And recently, mm. that topic has come up, and I want to know, Brett, very simply, what's your stance on net neutrality? Well, net neutrality is a good thing. That's a good start. <laughs> Okay, let me ask you more specifically then. <laughs> should net neutrality be enshrined in law or should it be up to the to the market, to the, the uh, network providers that offer internet connectivity to decide, no. you know, no. what, the, what they wish no. to offer? No. No. So you're saying it should be enshrined in law? Yes. If not law, at least formal agreement. I do not want to see... Having paying my ISP, uh, however much it costs me a month, I cannot remember, for broadband, only to discover that the service, the web service that I'm connecting to has not paid the additional fee to my internet provider to provide broadband service to the customer. And I then get incredibly slow speeds. I do not want that. It or it's bad for innovation. It is anti-competitive. It stops small businesses trying to get into any of this sort of thing because they're not going to have the money to pay all of these different communications, um, you know, all these different ISPs to allow them to have broadband speeds to the users. The users are already paying for their broadband speeds. Okay, Everything Brett, let me explore at the speed that I pay for. Okay, Brett, let me explore the other side of the argument. Why should ISPs be forced by law to offer a certain thing. Shouldn't be completely up to them. And if it's such a bad thing, there will be ISPs that emerge or even existing ones that say, here is our net neutral plan. No. Because it's a no. fr- it's a free it, market. Still, the market will decide. If you offer no, an inferior no, it won't, Ed. <laughs> Why not? If it's such it an inferior product, there, there's an opening for a superior product. Because there are product. some very big names in um, internet provision, uh, telecommunications around the globe, who have very large monopolies <laughs> on infrastructure in certain areas where it is pretty much in a specific area, you might have some mediocre internet service providers that provide you with low-level connections, dial-up and that sort of thing, but the cable connection that you might cover it, there's only one provider. Uh, and if that okay, provider mm. goes, you know what? 
I'm going to charge you X amount as the end user for broadband. You're going to get blah, many megabits per second upload and download. It's going to be awesome for you. And you go, yes, I pay that money for it. I'm going to get awesome internet connection only to discover that the gaming website that I like to watch um, Let's Plays on has not paid this connect this internet provider yeah, okay. that so, I'm so connected the argument with you're using money is, is, to allow me to be able to broadband connect to them. And suddenly my experience is incredibly slow to yeah, that. Okay, I understand how it works. I understand, we, we know how it works. Um, yeah, so, yeah, but yeah. your argument is that the, there are areas it's where there's it, only one provider. But is there... Okay, there might be... Well, for, even for, without that, even if there were multiple providers, it's still certain companies double dipping, going... But, I'm going to take your money but, but, as the end user because you want broadband. Isn't that take up to them? Take your money, service provider, because you want to provide broadband connection speeds to my customer. But Brett, it's if, double the, if, if I start an internet company and I want to charge extra for for access to, say, YouTube at full speed, but otherwise it works at half the speed, should, surely that should be up to me to offer such a poor product if I really want to offer that poor product. Yeah, but this is not what we're talking about here. This is not you offering that product, Dad. Yes, it is because uh, no, I decided. Because as an ISP, it's not me. No, it's not the user who's paying. No, no, it's not. I said as this an is ISP, YouTube having to negotiate with the internet. No, no, Brett, you didn't. You didn't hey, no, no, I, listen, listen like to, to listen to the example. To listen to the example. I'm starting an internet company, is what I said. Yeah. I'm I'm an ISP, a new ISP. Yeah, but that I, already I, exists, Edwin. But I and That's I not would. What we're talking about here with yeah, net neutrality. But it is. It's because the I. No, it's not. It's the, it's not Edwin. Because what we already have is a many tier service provision hierarchy for internet provision. I can choose to pay for the two hundred and fifty six kilobit upload speed, or I can choose to pay for one which is five twelve or a megabit or whatever. That is my choice as the consumer to choose what my speed package is going to be, just as it is currently in New Zealand, my choice to decide how much bandwidth I'm going to buy in a chunk, Mm -hmm. okay? And we already have that. We already have that architecture. It's everywhere. That is how that goes. What we're talking about here is I've paid for my – I've chosen the speed that I want, okay? I want to get my one megabit per second download speed. I want my my fast ping times to things, okay? And I've paid my internet service provider for that. However, my big internet service provider is now telling the other services, web services, yeah, YouTube, right. for instance, in your example, yep. going, hey, YouTube, uh, if you want me to provide my customers with your service at full bandwidth yep, speed, right. you have to pay me money. Exactly. So it's it's the ISP that is choosing. It's the ISP that is choosing to do that. And so what I'm saying is, it's double dipping, Edward. I have already paid as the customer. I have chosen what level of service I want, and I have paid the ISP to provide. I understand that, that. but does it for the ISP to then go behind everybody's back and make deals with other companies on the internet that provide content. But if that deal, that if that's not attractive to you, if that's not attractive to you as a customer. 
for that speed to access the internet. But Brett, that if is why I no, no, no. If it's not acceptable to you as a customer, just don't don't buy that product from that ISP or don't go with that ISP at all. If that's the but way it, they do business, it not doesn't work like that, Ed, because there is not choice in every part of the world. Well, yeah, but surely, with, with, at least for DSL, I mean, come on, I, I can I can understand cable and satellite uh, accepted. But DSL, as soon there as are you, as soon a as you dozen providers up, in Wellington, at least. As soon as you make a small give or take for this, then it happens for everything. And you only need one okay, so, so should really big providers to come down hard on this. Okay, so, so, so here's another... Billions of users. Okay, here's another example. Becomes a standard, and it is double dipping, and it should not be allowed to happen. Okay, Brett, we have we have broadband plans to pay because what's going to happen is those service providers that I want to connect to to get my content while I'm getting it now for free, they're going to have to try and make up the fact that they're having to pay all of these internet service providers to provide broadband level speeds to their content and they're going to have to pass that buck onto somewhere. So what's going to happen? There's going to be fewer of them. The quality of the internet content that's going to be provided is going to go down. The quality of the speed that is provided is going to go down. Okay, listen, listen, it Brett. Is listen a to this. slippery slope to chaos, okay. to hell. <laughs> To, to internet speed hell. Okay, listen I to this, Brett. Let, let, let's say net neutrality... I cannot was, see was in no, any way let, that let, it is... Hang on, hear me out. ...morally, ethically, or should be legally able to be done. Okay, Brett, let's listen to this. Hang, hang, hang on a sec. I people in jail for that. <laughs> Brett, Brett, listen, listen. Listen. <laughs> Come on, come on with someone your own. What is a good scenario for this? Come on, okay, come on. No, no, okay, listen. If, if we're net it's neutrality, not going to be a, an if, internet service providing provider getting paid twice for providing something that somebody's already paid for them to provide, Brett, okay. which is access to the internet. Brett, listen, listen to this. If net neutrality was not compulsory, it wasn't enshrined in law, and ISPs were allowed to, you know, offer these, you know these plans with premium content at a, you know for certain services at a higher price and so on let's just say that's allowed don't get me wrong i would probably always pick wallet permitting of course i would always pick the plan that has the neutral packet transfers right i would go for that because i think that's a better product right yeah but it's not However, anything to do with you it as the end user that's the point well if they offer a plan that do i'm saying if an isp but they won't. listen if that's an isp the offers they would never a plan offer that they would never offer to the end user that because that defeats the purpose. Well, they'd offer two they plans. They will offer their same selection that you've already got of plans. No, I don't. I don't think so. To the end so. user, you, you will get plans. It is you will charging get providers of content to use their pipe to their users. That is what this is about. Yeah, but there would be an all-you-can. It's you can not e- about okay, the plan wait, for the you, end okay, user. Okay, right now our plans in this country, like most countries, have certain caps. You can get a thirty gig cap, you can get an eighty gig cap, you can get one hundred twenty gig cap a month, yeah. and so on, and they increase in price. What <laughs> if if you're saying that the law should enforce net neutrality? Why aren't you also arguing that the law should enforce all-you-can-eat plans? Why should we be, you know what I'm saying? Why should ISPs... But it's got no, they're two completely different arguments, yeah, yes. Ed. Well, that, 
they're different, but the, the point I'm making is why are you forcing ISPs? is enshrining ISPs? the fact that no company should double dip and on, on the price of something. And the other is, I don't know what you would call it. <laughs> but they are two completely different arguments, Ed. The different one the, is the about same customer in the sense choice. That you're enforcing a, a what a what a, an ISP can offer. That's really what you're saying. No, they're not. No, it is not. It's not in any way changing what an ISP can offer. In no way is it doing that. All it's doing is saying you cannot charge content creators to have faster speeds to your customers. But that is kind of, that's an offer. What if I'm an ISP and I want to offer, uh, you know, slower content and I can, you know, do that with, you know, high contention ratios and so on, but for, for an extra fee that comes my way from certain content providers, I can provide that content at, at, at full speed. That's an offering. That, that is an offering. It's a, it's a lower quality offering, if you like, a poorer offering no. from the customer's no. point of view. No. But it's an offering. No. So... No, Ed. No. That would be like going to your doctor and your doctor going, well, I have this drug here which will cure you or I have this drug here which won't cure you but it'll make you feel okay. We have regulations that stipulate that that cannot happen. Okay, Brett. Okay. Do you think – I'll ask you a different question. Way that we have regulations <laughs> that go – I have this brilliant drug. It's brand new. It's going to make you feel real good and fix you up right good. Sure, it's never been tested. It's not passed any tests of any kind. But I've been, you know, assured because I've been paid a crap ton of cash for it that it's going to be good for you. We have laws to stop that sort of stuff happening because it, it – don't even know what to say. Okay, Brett, let me know. ask you a different question. I hear what you're saying. Let, let me ask you a different, <laughs> different question. Because how is that a good thing? <laughs> if, if I want to start a new ISP and mm-hmm. only offer a connection that allows you to access YouTube and Gmail, should I be allowed to do that as an ISP? Uh, yes. You're never going to get any... I, I, I couldn't... Buyers. You know, I... I <laughs> I couldn't call it a you know full internet connection, obviously. Right. But it, the, as, as long it, as I describe it, no, it, here's the point. Here's the difference between what this net neutrality thing is arguing about and what your option there is. You have decided that you're connecting to the internet, and you're going to allow customers to connect to you, but you're only going to show them YouTube and Gmail. That's yep. all you're going to show them. You have not negotiated with Gmail for Gmail to pay you to provide Gmail at a fast speed. You have not negotiated with YouTube to have YouTube pay you to provide YouTube at a fast speed. Okay, you okay, have I get- chosen purely okay, sure. that with the fatness of your pipe to the internet, you are only going to use that pipe to show YouTube and Gmail to your customers. That is perfectly fine. So, so Brie, what you have... Bring it in to go... I have my fat pipe and I have my customers who are paying me to get portions of my fat pipe. I am now going to go and turn around and look in the other direction 
the people who are not my customers, the people who are not providing me to provide a service to them, and I'm going to go out to the internet, the place that people are paying me to be able to access, and I'm going to selectively choose which of them, which of those content providers that my people are paying me to provide them access to, and I'm going to pick and choose some of those companies, and I'm going to say, you pay me money now, or I'm not going to provide you to my customers. Yeah, I, I understand. Who's okay, me so, to provide you to them because so, they're so paying provide the internet to them at the fast speed they want. But I'm not going to provide you at that fast speed that they want. I'm going to cut you down to the bare minimum. Yeah, I, 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 look, we, we understand how it works. It's, it's, it's fine. Portion. We, we understand how it works. I'm trying to find, and I think I've found it. I'm going to ask you this in a second. I'm trying to find out where the it, issue is. Do you take issue, so if I understand you correctly, you take issue with the backroom deal more so than the inferior offering, correct? Yes. Right, okay. Because I have already paid. I have already made my choice as to what offering I'm choosing, and I have already paid for that. Okay, I don't want my ISP to then go into the back room and make a negotiation so that I have paid for a one megabit connection. I want a one megabit, megabit connection to anything that I can access and I want it as fast as what that provider can pump out. Mm, mm. Okay? Uh, okay, so, so let me just let me explore this a bit further. And go, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You want one megabit and you've already paid for it. That's choice. But... YouTube, while they can pump out one megabit, has not paid me. This yeah, month. I, I understand. I understand all that. So, so I'm going to provide you with 256 kilobits yeah, yeah. of YouTube, even though. Okay, let's let's use it, Brett. Let's I, use let's use, okay. Let's use an example without the backroom deal. What if I was a, a new ISP that offers full speed connection to everything, but a 256k connection to YouTube, but there's no backroom deals? Are you okay with me legally? being allowed to offer that to people so long as I make that clear as that's, you know, this is what you're getting. Yes. If I then take that same example and then I say, and I change it slightly and I say, I'm now, I'm offering that same thing, a full internet connection to everything except for YouTube, which is a 256K. And that's because I've asked Google for money and they've said no. Does that, and that, that that flips your decision, right? I shouldn't be... Yes. Okay. That immediately so, flips it because you are then denying me something. But if the customer knows exactly what they're getting and what they're not getting, where's the problem? An ISP says, hey, look, we've asked Google for money. Uh, you know, if this is in the terms and conditions kind of thing. We've asked Google for money. They've said, no, go away. Therefore, uh, I'm sorry, but you know, Google's 256K here. Same with this service and that service. But however, Netflix has paid us the money, so you get that at full speed. As long as all that is disclosed. It would have to be disclosed right up front. And you couldn't do that with that sort of plan, Edwin. That would be a constantly changing plan. Because what happens if I go, you go, um, you give me full internet, uh, but only 256 to YouTube. Um, no. And I go, okay, I'm willing to accept that YouTube is going to be 256 bits, and I sign up to it. However, next month, Netflix yeah, I know, decides I know they going. don't want to yeah. pay you anymore. Yeah. yeah, but in the terms and conditions, there's a thing like, like that covers other such things that say, you know, we reserve the right to, to changes and as long as you notify people, and then you can cancel at any time. That's how a lot of things are done. 
Like you look at premium services on two degrees on, on the cellular network, there's a bunch of numbers, a bunch of services that, no, that, that are accessible. Dealing, and, and they it's add to dodgy that. dodgy dealing. That means that the customer has to constantly read the different agreements. It has to constantly be in touch with what is going on. And what is going to happen is that people are going to sign up. It Regardless of what your fine print in your contracting says, if people signed up to an expectation, they expect that expectation to continue. Regardless of the fine print that you put in that says, I can decide at any point to, you know, flip my finger at you and um, cut you off. People will complain if that happens for no good reason. <laughs> and dodgy dealing in the back room is what this is talking about. It's Andy, and it's just dodgy dealing. It's double dipping. Mm, I, I look, I. And nobody in their right mind is going to pay for a internet connection that is tiered and separated mm. out. I paid for a one megabit connection to the internet. I want one megabit to everything the internet. Yeah. yeah, look, I look I'm nobody I'm nobody is going to be paying. If you are an ISP and you decide you're going to produce an offering that says one megabit to the internet, except for YouTube, Netflix, New York Times, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gmail, Google, mm-hmm. um, all of the different all of the third-party game servers and uh, Twitch TV content and streaming content and all of the... There are so many of these content providers out there that are small uh, in footprint but have large, you know, consumer base. Mm-hmm, yeah, and they're that excluded. Will be, that will never negotiate in this sort of way. Or never be able to negotiate. And suddenly you have an ISP that is picking and choosing who you as a consumer who have paid for your one megabit connection to the internet gets to have at one megabit per minute. See, Brett, the, the way I see it play out is if net neutrality was not enforced and, and they could do these backroom deals, if you like, I predict, and I, I think you disagree with me, but I predict that ISPs will offer a, a, a tiered connection, uh, you know, uh, say, uh, I don't know, uh, 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 Two megabit connection with a eighty gig cap, tiered for a certain price, like eighty dollars a month, and then untiered, I i.e., will, neutral, five hundred dollars a month. I think you will find that that won't happen, Ed, because as has been shown over the past few, you know, five years or more, internet providers are providing less and less customized packages. There are fewer packaged options. There are not more. It's not expanding. It's not a, I want a a 20 gig plan with 256 kilobit upload and one megabit download, whatever. And then many different variants of that all the way up to one, you know, 100 gigabit mm. with one megabit in each direction. There, there no ISP offers so many tailored options in a plan. Oh, I don't know. The, the trend I, I, to, to me, it, is it's, to it's equi- smaller selections. There is a, a package which is tailored to the casual browser. No, look, I, I still think they will offer those. The slower it, upload. Brett, I think and they will offer those as they have for the bandwidth caps where there's, there's all sorts of bandwidth caps and then I know it's a different issue, but they offer 
bandwidth caps and then they offer the ultimate one which is all you can eat and I think the same will happen with a tiered model you'll get a, a couple of tiered oh, plans or a tiered plan and an all okay. a full how connection. is it going to work out then when you go you know what I want one megabit to the entire internet but I don't care about YouTube well yeah you don't have that choice but then you get the but then you get the one megabit untiered net neutral plan I, but I don't want to pay for it. I don't yeah, but that's, want to the pay same, that's the same right now as Sky. If I want to get Sky, and here's the thing, I want to get Sky for one channel, the Discovery Channel. That's it. I can't get it because, no, they offer this package. We get news, sport, blah, blah, blah. And, Indeed. And, this, and with, without and like neutrality, that. that's what we will see for the entire internet. But look, I'm okay with that because I don't buy their I'm product. Not. I vote with my wallet. It's like, but, that's, why should, that, but why should Sky, here's the thing, why should Sky be forced, and I and this is the equivalent, to offer all of its channels that say a dollar a month or something so that someone like me can just get my Discovery channel? I'd, I'd, here, I'd like that, but no, why should they be Edward, forced? It's completely, dif- it's completely different. Because why? Because Sky is both the content provider and the content supplier. Well, no, 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 no. They don't, they don't do run Discovery Channel. They buy that. They buy the license for it. Yeah, and then they provide it via their service. And they can provide it however they wish. Whereas what we're talking about here with the internet, the internet is global. It is already established as global and open and free. Okay? So they can't pick and choose. The internet service providers would shoot themselves in the foot if they picked and choose in that manner. So what they would have to do is do backroom deals. It would be the shady deals. They would never put it out in front of the, the consumer. Do you, the consumer do you remember? never choose those different choices. Do, they you, want- do you remember back in the day, Brett, when some years ago, when Telstra Claire, I think it was, was offering unmetered content. To, uh, I think TVNZ On Demand was unmetered. And I think from memory... Telecom offered unmeted content to, it could have been TV3 on demand, I, I forget, but some sort of opposite. So we had, and okay, it wasn't about speed, but it was about caps. At the end of the day, it's it's the same concept. You get uh, premium content or you get content that's, uh, you know, in this case, it means it doesn't count towards your cap. We had this. Yeah, I know. Cause, I cause didn't they, like it. Mm. Look, I, I don't like it either, but I don't think ISPs should be forced. Up. But then what we have there is did they have backroom deals with those different systems to provide it or did they just choose those different ones well, because they were company adjacent and it wasn't costing them anything to provide that? Yeah, anyway? that, I, I don't know. And I don't, I don't know the answer to that. But I don't know why that is the for you, why that is – the issue you take because at the end of the because day either way it, even if we do no. it without the backroom deals it's still the same for the customer no it isn't without the backroom deals or with the backroom deals those actual providers of the content are then going to have to try and foot that brand new bill that they never had to foot before but what I'm and saying, what I'm saying that, that, they have to foot that brand new bill to thousands of ISPs. Okay, I understand, I, I understand that. Bill. But what I'm saying is that if, is if ISP, Brent, if ISP A, if ISP A offers... Because it an, would an, never a, work. You would never be able to set up an internet store 
because it would get to the point that your store that you've put up, you've put your internet server, you've paid for internet connection and that sort of stuff, but then you discover that you are roadblocked because every major ISP in every country you want to deal with will not allow you to put your content to their customers until you pay them. But Brett, look, listen. It's not about metering then. It's but- about I'm not providing access to you. You're blacklisted until you pay me money to provide your service to my customers. Mm-hmm. But then the contract would have to be very clear as to, as to what the deal is. But my, the point yeah, is... The, the but, internet no longer is the open environment, the open global environment that it is. Well, the internet is, but access to it is controlled by ISPs. And why should they... Indeed, but they are not access to individual parts it is access to the internet but Brett listen the bit I don't understand is this where it, it, according to what you've said according, Brett listen listen according to what you've said if ISPA offers a fast connection to everything except for YouTube which is slow because you know YouTube haven't paid you know to deliver fast content to your users and then ISP B offers the same thing which is Fast internet connection to everything, but slow YouTube, but for no other reason, only because they want a traffic shape. It's exactly the same to the user. One has a backroom deal, ISPA, ISPB doesn't. Why should that make a difference? It's the same for the user. So I, I don't understand why the issue was with the backroom deal. I mean, I don't like it those deals, but, but why, why, why should we... Head. It is a slope. It is a massively slippery slope that when this sort of thing is allowed and this mentality comes in, then it does become roadblocks. It does become, it is not a internet provider offering a slow connection to YouTube. It is an internet provider going, we don't provide YouTube. Because but YouTube you, you is know what? <laughs> you know what's a little bit worrying? Your, your connection right user, now... Uh, your connection right now is pretty bad. I wonder whether one of the ISPs hasn't collected the fee from from Skype, from Microsoft. <laughs> You're breaking up. Are you, are you actually still there? Oh, that's spooky. Are, are you, you fell there? off there. No, you did. I was just saying, <laughs> oh my gosh, the irony is just everywhere. I was just saying, your connection or our connection over Skype is pretty bad. Maybe our ISPs haven't paid, haven't collected the fee rather from Microsoft for Skype. <laughs> I was joking, of course, but... Or it could just be that the ISP is shabby. Yeah, it could just be that. But yeah. either way, they're still providing me with what I want, which is as fast as is possible. Okay, Brett, look, that's not been... Not because it, somebody it, didn't pay any cash for it. You know what, this not has been... because a business has, it is unable to shell out uh, 10 bucks a month to the 10,000 plus ISPs that exist on the planet that all decide that they have every single service that comes through them to pay money to provide content through it is a horrible slippery slope that we should just not get into at all okay brett look uh, let, let's leave <laughs> let, let's leave the debate there it's I, a horrible I situation <laughs> that has so many negative connotations so many negative ways that it can work out that's based on the way that all of this sort of stuff works out in the past in different sorts of things like this will turn out to be a horrible thing which in the end just hurts end users, innovation, small companies and all of the things that we're trying to protect on the internet, freedom. Um, 
it is a bad thing and it should be made to be illegal. Okay, Bruce, you said it. You've said it. I do not want it. Okay. I am paying my internet provider to provide me with a connection to the internet. I do not want it to make deals in the back room or in the open that limits what I have already paid for. Okay. All right. Uh, you no said way, it. I, I think no how, it, and no <laughs> argument is going to make me think that is a good idea. Okay, Brett, it, it, it's been a good debate. You, you know what I think we <laughs> should ISPs do? ISPs are already getting money from me to provide me with the internet. Okay, Brett, 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 Brett. Different service providers <laughs> to provide their service to me as the customer that I've already paid for the service. Wow, when, 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 when I get you started on something... <laughs> I can't run. And I do not want to pay more than the than the amount that I have already signed up to pay. All right, Brett. Look, let's listen. End, let, end of issue. End of discussion. <laughs> it's bad. Okay. Okay. You know what I want to do? This has been a really good debate. I think we should have a, a bigger debate, or with more people, some on the the uh, side of pro net neutrality and those on the side of no. Uh, let, let's let's not enforce it. And uh, and have a really good debate because I've 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 enjoyed this. It's been good. Well, why you know the Telecommunications Act of the um, of America has stipulated in law that all communications providers must treat every service equally, must treat all traffic equally on their networks. That is enshrined in law. This is exactly the same thing. I got to admit, I'm I'm surprised, but. These are ISPs, it should be yeah, enshrined yeah, it's a, yeah, that okay, ISPs yeah. have to treat all traffic equally on their networks. They right. can't twice it. All right, Brett, I'm going to have to end, end this. Communication carriers. I'm, I'm going to have to end this, otherwise it's going to be morning tea soon. So let's <laughs> let's end it there. I want to thank you very much for not only co-hosting, but engaging in a fantastic debate with such vigor. <laughs> you always know. I like to argue. It's why you bring up these topics. <laughs> and look, the connection on <laughs> Skype is getting worse. I know that I am big-headed and stubborn. Yeah, yeah, but this, that, that makes for a good debate. Brett, you're going to probably fall off Skype or maybe I am soon. So, look, let's end it right there. I want to thank you very much once again. And thanks to our listeners. Hope you've enjoyed it. We'll try to organise another debate a little bit later on. But that's it for now. That is episode 277. Thanks very much. See you next time. Goodbye. Ciao.